0: you sort of get tribal about it in a way. It becomes a religion. You can change your car, you can change your wife, you can never change your football team, kid. My name's Glenn, I've been a upholsterer all my life. I've been in this particular workshop for 25 years now. Still going strong. Some old ticket stubs there. 1999 that one is. Worst problem White? that's why it's upside down. 13 quid that was. When's that from? That's from the 80s that is. So you got Jeff Palmer, John Richards on there, Kenny Hibbett, Well, I bought that at a football auction. I love how you still haven't taken it out of the wrapping though. It's smart though, it is proper smart. Oh it is, it's lovely. This is the most successful team in our club's history in the 50s, where we dominated it. First memory, just going up with my dad really and just looking round and people singing and chanting and you more or less watch the crowd as a youngster before you even watch the football.
1: Good evening everyone, welcome to your latest Wolves Fancast Match Preview. I'm your host Little Dan. On tonight's show I've got with me Manny. How you doing Manny?
2: How are you doing Dan Jordan. Jordan? Um, thank you for having me on your show.
1: Now welcome to the fan cast it's time to join the big leagues man you have got that <laughs> line signing with no option to buy um yeah you're, you're a coveted asset uh, alongside uh, obviously always wolves and I else, should have I should have told dazzling day shouldn't I oh no there's, there's a rift there's is. a rift there's a bit of there's a summer move in the making um if if some of you remember early on in the season we had uh, Jordan Gale, uh obviously famous from married at first sight UK and recent boxing champion jordan how are things with you tell us a little bit more about that boxing belt that you recently had
3: yeah no i'm good thank you uh happy to be back um on your podcast and uh the only thing that was sore after the fight was my wrist from uh you know clipping him on the top of his head but i feel good and i think it was one of the like highlights of my life honestly it was it was amazing it was surreal to to walk in front of thousands of people and and fight in front of a you know everyone who was watching online, and uh, no, it was great. I love boxing. It's like very, is football or boxing battling out between number one. Um, in terms, of my favorite sport. So yeah, it was it was just a privilege to to do that. I feel honoured.
1: Yeah, it's a special sport, boxing. It really, um, you know, sorts the men out from the boys. I've i I used to do a bit myself. You yeah. know, I'm not. I'm not. I definitely wasn't. Was curious, boys, what, I what, what level was that at, mate? Um, be, below strawweight, Manny. <laughs> but no, I, I really enjoyed it from a from a physical and um, a, a discipline sort of angle. Mm. It's a, a really good thing to, for anyone to get involved in of all ages. It's yeah. it's one of the best I've ever felt when I was when I was doing boxing regularly, I'd encourage anyone to uh, to pick it up. Let's get back into um, the football chat this season. Um, sorry, this episode. I've got Rich Hobbs uh, join us late, How are you, Rich?
4: Evening, all all good, all good. Looking forward to the game for weekend.
1: It is uh, game week 26 of the Premier League this weekend. Obviously, Wolves play Sheffield United at home at 1.30pm on Sky. Uh, Saturday fixtures are not, uh, Aston Villa versus Forest, Brighton versus Everton, Crystal Palace at home to Burnley, Man United play Fulham and the uh, second place Man City travel to Bournemouth and Arsenal-Newcastle is the 8pm kickoff on Saturday night. Looking at those fixtures there, Rich, where's uh, your money for a bank on the Saturday fixtures?
4: Saturday fixtures, it's a toughie, to be honest, because, well, apart from arguably the Bournemouth game, they're all fairly evenly matched. Um, I mean, I'm interested to see Fulham, Man United, personally, just because I think Man United are quietly trying to get some points on the board at this point, and Fulham are inconsistent at best for me. Um, so that that game piques my fancy in terms of an actual banker probably Villa at home and it pains me to say it
1: yeah it's a tough one, I think Villa would probably be my bet, uh, Nate using in the comments section saying banker has to be Sheffield United, that's why <laughs> I went with the leading question of the Saturday fixtures now because what's that saying in uh, the matrix that is the sound of inevitability Sunday, you just know what classic Wolves is going to appear. Look at those fixtures there, Manny. Where's uh, where's your? Where, you know where what? I'm going to go your... for
2: Alice. I think you know, um, new manager, Burnley struggling. I, I just think they're the kind of hot and cold side, and when the fans are on side, they're, they're very good. And um, I I got a sneaky feeling they'll probably have a good result. and, and I agree with. Um, the Fulham I can't see United have I think turned it around haven't they a little bit Hoyland scoring goals now for fun as soon as they've, they've got a goal scorer scoring goals then they'll always be dangerous you know and um, they're on a bit of a roll so.
1: Man United you know, have serious to turn a corner recently I think that's a lot due to the fact of how much um, form Rasmus Hoyland's come in I mean, we had a discussion on our podcast the other week that there was a lot of teams that needed a number nine in the January transfer window Wolves I think Arsenal needed a number nine. Man United needed a number nine until Haaland came into a bit of form. You know, mm. Man United are now three points off fifth, five points behind Villa, They they um, beat the other weekend. Um, Manny mentioned there, Jordan, that he uh, fancied Crystal Palace to beat Burnley at home. That would be a big result for you if you can pick up points against Wolves on Sunday. That would get you off the bottom of the table.
3: Yeah, well, this is, I was going to say, as shocking as we've been pretty much all season, um, the, the, the crazy thing about it is that yeah, we are one game away from not being bottom. And I think that our points tally um, is obviously very low, but Burnley are struggling just as much as us, really. Um, Luton are doing, you know, last season's promotion sides proud, really, because they're the only ones that look like they've got a chance of staying up. Um, But, yeah, I mean, as bad as we're doing, we are only seven. I know seven points is quite a lot, especially at this stage. But, you know, a, a win... You know, a win on uh, against Wolves does does again get us believing a bit. Um, but yeah, obviously, we need results to go around us, really.
2: We and love to make people believe we do.
3: We love, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. This, I'm hoping that Sheffield United aren't this season's Huddersfield, where we ended. I think it was, did we finish seventh that oh, season, but we still lost right. to Huddersfield twice, we, yeah.
2: They only won three matches, I think, that season. And two of them were against us. <laughs> yeah, just to
1: give Wolves fans um, a bit of confidence and uh, like another unnerving air of inevitability. Sheffield United, Jordan have only picked up five points away from home this season, and three points came recently away to Luton. Big win, the three-one win at the uh, the Kenny. We won't try and talk about too much about the, the Brighton mm. slapping last weekend. You go down to mm. ten men against Brighton, the better times you you're going to struggle, yeah. but. It's like what? What positives did you take away from the three-one win at Luton?
3: Yeah, I mean, again, I to be fair, I feel like Sheffield United as, as fans, like we only pick up a result when like we we seem to like lose our belief. Like I I do think that we'd go to Luton and lose um, just because again we did get smashed the game before, um, and I just thought that even with Wilder coming back, that that effect a, a new manager has just didn't seem to really like come into play, and then. Going down to Luton, obviously, we picked up a great result, a game that we had to win because again they was like climbing away from us. Um, but again, it's just demoralising that you think, okay, it's a bit of momentum, we're at home after that win, and then we get smashed by Brighton. I know you said that the best teams can get, you know, beat by Brighton, they're a good football inside, but how many times are we gonna lose four, five nil? You know, like it's not even competitive. As like it, the same happened against Villa. You know, it was all in the first half and. You know, as home fans, you go in there, and after thirty minutes, you feel like you've wasted your day or wasted your money. Like, you know, we just what we don't expect to stay up. We don't expect to like win a lot of games, but just try and make it competitive. And unfortunately, this season, we've not done that enough. But yeah, obviously, the the result against Luton was needed. But um, yeah, with those um.
4: Uh, Five nil defeats because obviously you know not not to sort of pile in on you, Jordan. But there's been a few mm. recently. Is it a mm. player issue? Or is it a coaching issue? Because you say like to concede that many goals in a first half, mm. it's you know it it doesn't say great things about either yeah. side. And obviously, you know the the sending off was ridiculous in terms of you know the challenge. Yeah, yeah, but. You know the lack of ability to like respond to that, and you know when you have got Chris Wilder moaning about referee, well, linesmen eating sandwiches when we're speaking to him, it just—I know it, where do you kind of sit with Chris Wilder at the moment?
3: Well, I—I I said this back on the podcast uh, when I was again when we played each other um, a few months ago. Is that I, even though we was getting smashed and we was bottom of the league then, I actually still would have not got rid of Heckingbottom and I liked him as a manager because. I, it, we, we had a really good season last season and the club was in a really good place. Then the, the chairman, the owner of the club, tried to sell the club. No one wanted to buy us. And then the owner sold our two best players the week before the season started. And and one of them was Sander Berg to Burnley, a, you know, a relegation rival. Mm. And I just feel like from that moment, the, the fans were disgusted by it. I think the manager was disgusted by it. No one understood why. And everyone was so angry about it other than the owner who was cashing in because he wanted to sell the club. And I just feel like from that moment on, I feel like just the, the atmosphere and the mood around the club is just not great. And I think our squad's nowhere near strong enough. So I think no matter which manager was in charge, I think we'd have struggled and I think we would be getting beat 4-5-0. And then when Wilder came back, everyone was like, oh, it'll be better now. And I was one of the few that thought, I still think we're going to get beat. And I, I wouldn't have changed it from hecking because I don't believe it's the manager's fault. I think it's... Again, the mood around the club, but also the, just the lack of ability of of the players we've got at our disposal.
1: We've had a comment, uh, Jordan Matroni, You can answer this. It's from Fabio Silva's Barber. Is Wed Is Wes Fodringham the worst goalkeeper in the league? Looks like a lower end Championship keeper. See, and
3: this is the thing as well. Like honestly, West Fodringham. Uh, ask any Sheffield United fan. West Fodringham was even though as a promoter's side, you know normally you're not looking at your keepers as one of the you know the better players of the season. But the amount of points where Broderingham gained us over the last few seasons, in the, well, two seasons over the championship we had him, so many. He would come up with so many, like, one-on-ones. He'd save, like, probably more than he'd let. Like, he makes a lot of big saves. But, yeah, this season he struggled. But saying that, like, you know, uh, Chris Wilder brought in a new keeper and um, I think he's only played, like, three games for us but probably conceded, like, 15 goals. So, again, it's easy to look at the keeper and say, you know, that's why we're you know, like I West Bromham has done great for us, but it both keeps a struggle this season.
1: Uh, You've just mentioned fifteen there, Jordan. We've had Adam Jones in the comments, like you're saying predicted result of Wolves fifteen, Sheffield United three on the weekend. I mean, <laughs> I'd ha- I'd be happy with just anywhere close to that, and any big win at home at all, you massively appreciated. But we've already talked about the unnerving air that we're going to give you some, um, you know, care in the community points this weekend. Man, I'll take an absolute scruffy 1-0 no win all day long. Oh,
2: definitely, you know, because we've um, uh, we've lost our last two games at home after being sort of invin- invincible, you know, that United game, which was, you know, such a bad first-half performance, coming back, getting that, you know, late goal and then conceding. And then um, Brentford, you know, we had all the possession, all the sort of control, but Made stupid, stupid errors and conceded goals, and 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 so we, I think Wolves, even though Wolves have done really well, they're in a good position, had a great win at home. We've got to get back on track as well. So um, and we know what we're like against um, sides that are already condemned. Because sorry, Jordan, I think the bottom three are the bottom three who are going to go down. Even Luton, if you look at Luton, they've done so well. But they're still in the bottom three, doing so well. Can they do any better? And probably not. And they're still in the bottom three. And it's like the hard luck story. So um yeah, it's gonna be it's it's got any any win will be a good win for Wolves after last week, I think. Any any sort of a win.
1: That is the thing with Luton, isn't it, Manny? As well as they are performing, have they got the know-how to grind to grind out results when the backs against the wall obviously winning one nil against Liverpool for a decent period of time the other night, ended up losing, was it three or four one? It was just, it was, yeah. it was a shame it ended that way, but that's, you, you've got to try and dig in deep and at least try and get a draw when you one nil up away from home going into, was, was the one nil up at half time I'm, I'm not sure.
2: They were one nil up for quite a long time. It was four one in the end. Mm. Yeah.
1: They have, they got the nowhere, the guile to get, to get points when they probably don't deserve it. It's, it's, it's going to be a tough ask. Rich, we've, we've spoken numerous times on the podcast this season. For the majority, I think, want Everton to go down. Do you feel Luton can pip Everton to that for that first safety space? I
4: I think probably not, just because I think if you factor in Everton's point deduction, if they didn't have that, they'd be 12th. And even on goal difference, and that's going to be the that's what kind of is going to come down to. And, you know, the mini tables that form within the table and, you know, uh, you you only have to look like Sheffield United, that you know, yeah, you bottom on goal difference and, you know, a, a couple of wins and you're nearly there. But that goal difference is effectively an extra point at this rate. And even between Luton and Everton, it's a, you know, it's a 10 goal swing. So it's quite a wide margin. I'd be, interested to see if Forrest end up getting clawed back into it now Forrest have got a funny knack of you know as you were saying that we don't know if Luton do have in terms of just being able to pick up points and getting you know two wins on two wins on the bounce and then maybe losing a couple and going quiet for a bit um, and particularly you know with Forest potentially getting a point deduction as well I could see them getting just dragged into it a little bit more and with their susceptibility of conceding goals as well I think I hedge my bets. And th- I think that Forrest are more likely to get relegated than Everton. But I, th- I, I just get the feeling that Luton might just run out of steam, which will be a real shame because it's a fairy tale story. Obviously, you've got Rob Edwards there, who's still well-respected around Molineux. Um I mean, looking at their games, actually, to be fair, their, their end of season running is pretty interesting because their last five games of Brentford, Wolves, Everton, West Ham and Fulham. And if I was a Luton fan, I'd, I'd be pretty happy if was for your last five games because you feel your fate might be in your hands. If you're able to get three wins out of that last five, that might just steer them clear. But they also have a run of fixtures where I think in the middle they've got Spurs, Arsenal and Man City. So it might just be a case of having fixtures for um, a few of your sides as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, good luck to Rob Edwards, obviously, former player of all, so we wish him well. Um, Jordan, without sort of kicking your volume down, if, we, if we're going to be sensible here and say Burnley and Sheffield are going down, who's joining you?
3: Yeah, well, yeah, just waiting on that. Like, I feel like Everton are just too big a club to to go down. And and I feel like we've seen over the last couple of years, like Goodison Park uh, and the, the home fans, like they'll, they'll almost like refuse that they'll go down. Like that's such a big factor, especially when the last few games are coming up. Uh, but on the other side and again like you were saying like the points deduction like they, they shouldn't be anywhere near the bottom three and I feel like Sean Dyche and the Everton players will will have enough um I think it is maybe like more likely Forrest but um I still feel like Luton will but at the same time like you said their last few fixtures are favorable and they have that like that that freedom the, the pressure's off and they're just mm-hmm. enjoying the Premier League and I feel like that's why everyone like would want them to stay up because everyone expects Luton to go down. So and those last few games, they probably will feel the least pressure out of the, a relegation uh, threatened team could feel. I feel like because they're almost they feel blessed to be in the Premier League without sounding like condescending or anything or patronising. Um, I feel like they're just enjoying it, and I feel like that will give them that that unusual like kind of freedom in those high pressurised games. Yeah,
1: like you just said, Luton are really. Overachieving to a degree without, like I said, being condescending to them. If they can pick up their home form and uh, get a, a few decent away results, it's all in their hands. I'd like Forrest to go down. I know it's like harsh to say that on on Nuno because of him, which is a legend here, but Forrest is still the team that I want to go down. Who do you want to go down, Manny?
2: You know what? I've... Everton have flirted with danger for how many years you know they've always like Jordan says always always. and sometimes you think you know clubs like that they just it, it happened with Southampton for ages always used to survive and then they finally went down and and sometimes it can catch up with you and I know they've got this deduction and they they did really well to get out of it and and they still are only on 20 points aren't they and I, sometimes that mentally, when you look at the table, you've done really well. You should be on 32, but you're only on 20. Luton win a game. They lose. Suddenly, you're bottom three. Mentally, it's like, oh, my God, we've done so much. And and you feel like you're hard done by. So that could play on them because they don't – what Everton don't do. They, they keep it tight, but they don't score many goals at all. So um, I still think they've got a chance and probably them. Um, Forest – They've got a goal scorer, haven't they? That one needs, he's, he's sort of, he's injured a lot, but he does put, I think his conversion rate is very big and I think the home form will probably carry them carry them through. So, man, who do you want to go down, Brentford? Because they're fine wasting, that's who I want to go down.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that win at Molyneux the other weekend probably given them enough um, credit and probably a bit more confidence <laughs> in, in in the bank, especially with Ivan Tony recently coming back from injury let's look back to last weekend for
4: this is an advertisement from BetterHelp therapy online we all carry different stresses big and small it could be from work stuff going on at home or just from supporting a football team you flatter to deceive and as the bedsheets have always said let us down we often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on but when you do that it can start to affect you negatively that's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to the root cause, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, developing be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule with over a thousand therapists in the uk already better help can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health our listeners can get 10 percent off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers that's better help.com slash wanderers let's get back to the show
1: a few moments because um To a degree, you mentioned it there, Manny. It's the business end, squeaky bum time of the season there, both ends of the table. Wolves picked up a massive win, 2-1 away at Tottenham. Is Europe a possibility, Manny, or do we need to just accept that a mid-table finish is beyond fantastic this season? We
2: know that, let's be honest. Anything above... At the start of the season, anything above 17th, 16th, we would have thought, okay, yes, we'll take that and go on. So mid table is beyond what anyone thought. Um, But technically, it's there, isn't it? Technically, you look at the table and the fixtures and you see some of the results we're producing, the opportunity is there. But what we didn't do was we didn't really bring in anybody in January. I think the heads, their bets, they want to get probably do that in the summer. they see, you know, if they do make Europe, it will be a complete and utter bonus of doing it. It's not an expectation, I think, at the club, um, which is probably a good thing because it'll probably mean we can play with a bit more freedom and just give it a go and see if we get there. Rather than, you know, having this pressure of oh, we've got to make Europe or we can we get the you know, we're really close. I think they're just playing with freedom where they can go to pl- places like Spurs last last week. Let's be honest, that's a tough place to go generally but we've got a really good record there and it was classic wolves you know just soaking it in just controlling defending really well the two men in midfield were sensational bright break, breaking play up and then using all our attackers are uh, uh, banging form aren't they they're all banging form their their stats and their uh, and their record they've got this season compared to our previous seasons it's like jorg and cheese so like a huge Huge kudos to Gary Um O'Neill and his um, backroom staff to get that forward line functioning. And it seems like whoever they bring in, we miss it. We we missed Neto and we didn't suffer. We missed Huang for a month, we didn't really suffer. We lost Cunha and we still went and beat Spurs. So it seems like he's got a philosophy. And whoever he brings in, whether it's Belgaard, Sarabia, you know, whatever. A mixture of the front three it is they seem to still tick and work. Um, we just need to get back on track at home, like I said. So, yeah, it's possible, but I'm over the moon with where we're at and what we've done already. And and there's this people who, who talk and say, another win and we're safe. And, and you know, because at the start of the season, that's what the, the reality was. We When we uh, I came out of that Ipswich game, even though it was Caribou Cup, after we'd drawn at Luton, and, and we were so terrible, Harry O'Neill looked completely clueless on the touchline. And I was ready. I was, you know, I'm usually Mr. Positive. I was ready to say, that's it, man. And then we go and beat Man City. And um, I don't expect it, but I think that will carry in Wolves' favour to make 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 a fist of it.
1: Sorry to bring it up, Jordan, obviously losing at home 5-0 to Brighton last weekend. From an outsider's perspective, um, Manny and Richard both mentioned it. Wolves are only three points behind Brighton in seventh place. Brighton have got quite a considerable better goal difference. But can Wolves finish around the seventh, eighth position, Jordan, looking at those teams above us? Chelsea on the same amount of points. West Ham are in a bit of bad form at the moment, just one point ahead. Newcastle on thirty-seven points, and then Brighton on in seventh place on thirty-eight. Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, as a as a neutral, um, I probably wouldn't have Wolves as like first pick. I think like the likes of like Newcastle and and everyone keeps waiting for Chelsea to be more like the old Chelsea, and I, I think Pochettino is a good manager, so I, I do feel like they should improve, even though we keep saying they should improve and they can't get any worse, but they should, you know, finish strong. Um, so I I wouldn't say Wolves a lot like favorable but you know they've got a chance and um I did think it was weird at the start of the season uh, when everyone was like tipping wolves to go down and I think watching them and what I've seen of Wolves this season I think it was quite clear to see quite early on that they wasn't going to be involved in a relegation battle and I feel like almost similar to like Luton I feel like because there was like pre-season expectations you didn't really think you'd be having a chance of Europe so again maybe you guys out of all those teams you know, compared to Chelsea and Newcastle, who would expect at least a European position. You you know, like maybe that again, that that the pressure off might work in your favour, and and you could do what I would say isn't expected, but you you know, you've got a chance.
1: Come on, Rich, go viral for a second. Tell me we're going to Europe. We're going to Europe, Dan. I mean, it might be for the FA
4: Cup, but um, you know. Uh honestly I, I i'd be happy if we finish 11th but can just keep up with that pack because we are in the bottom of that middle band aren't we realistically and i can't kind of go well are we going to be able to overtake what five teams is it but we need to kind of leapfrog personally i reckon we can overtake um west ham chelsea is such a bloody wild card you don't like it's hard to tell in thirteen games. They might win eight, or they might lose eight. It, it, you can't, we can't judge them. To be honest, Newcastle have just gone that little bit off the boil for me, and Brighton. Who knows? With yeah, yeah, they got a good result last weekend, but obviously they've kind of got one half on Europe, and I think teams are starting to figure them out that bit more, including Wolves as well.
1: Do you want, can I put a different angle for this for a slight second? Go on. Do you remember that first season under under Nuno in the Premier League when us and Watford were going for the seventh-place finish? Yeah. Walls and Watford both end up in the semi-final. Um, you know, whoever gets through this FA Cup tie, does the other one seal seventh? It, it's, you know what I mean? You, you yeah. don't know how that, how that FA Cup tie next week is going to have an effect on the remaining Premier League fixtures, do you?
4: I think it's going to show the mentality of both teams. Um, you're right, in terms of where their priorities lie and what their focus is going to be. And you know what? If we do get beat by Brighton, it it just gives us more motivation for the 26, well, uh, no, with the next 12 league games for me. And that just means all our eggs go in that one basket. If we beat Brighton and win the quarterfinal of an FA Cup and the draw goes our way... Then you can see what's going, on. hang on. Let's 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 have a push here, because you know a quarterfinal and a mid-table finish is good for Wolves any any season. Getting into a quarter final or semi-final of the cup on the back of a tumultuous pre-season it, it is massive. I can in a way, I think it would be better for Wolves not to Qualify for York next year because I just we just don't have the squad. I don't think we've got the quality of players to really compete on all fronts, and it's a real shame to say. And I think if we were able to have almost use this season as that building block, and Gary Nils effectively proven himself as a quality manager um, at this level, he's got a pre-season as sort of Manny alluded to to maybe bring in a few more of his type of players and he's earned uh, that right now, and he didn't arguably in January, despite how well we were doing. I don't think there was quite that 100% faith to kind of, for the club to put chips in for him for me. Um, but if we end up finishing 10th or 11th, um, I think he's done more than enough to showcase, actually, you know what, this is a guy, this is a guy we can back. Let's make sure we're going to get players who fit with his style and like, you know, and... You know, you, your Fabio Silver's a town.
1: I love people who preempt things. Still with the asking what's the ticket allocation at Wembley? <laughs> I like that. Just, pretty much already there. You've I'm just gonna... got
4: to th- think so. For, you just got to think that far ahead, haven't you? You know, it, it, it's it's only natural to like just be planning out our our, our weekends. You know, it's like what else are you going to be doing on the twentieth of April? You know.
1: Um, I'm gonna go against what you've said previously there, Rich. Um I just think if we can get into the conference league, I doubt next no odds I, to me whether we'd be amazing. I want to see Wolves back in Europe. If we have to go and get beat by some Lithuanian title challenge Hey, right, you know what?
2: West Ham had some great fixtures in that Conference League, so they went to some great places.
1: So I, I want to be caged in some like Estonian town <laughs> on a Thursday night, <laughs> freezing cold. Oh, I want, I want those European nights back. Um, If we when we play Brighton next week, just quickly, if we draw, does it go to extra time penalties?
2: It's 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 um, no replays, isn't it? Fifth round. Yeah. So it, I'm going to come to you it's on the night.
1: Mane. Yeah, you've got a choice. Yeah, draw against Brighton and beat Sheffield United, or draw against Sheffield United and beat Brighton. What you're choosing because you, I'm gonna go
2: for the beat Brighton. I'm massive a FA Cup fan, massive. It's like the competition we grew up as youngsters, we didn't know about the Champions League. The the Milk Cup, it was called back in the, the 80s, like the League Cup, you know, it wasn't a real huge competition. So the FA Cup was the romantic cup. We've been year and year, third round, fourth round, third round, fourth round, and suddenly then we made that semi-final and nobody wants to talk about it. It was the hardest watch ever, but we've got a chance, man. And I'm really disappointed in the club here because next week, you know, a chance to get into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And they had a chance to f- having Molyneux rocking and doing something a little bit special because you don't know if you're going to get another home tie. Might Maybe that might be the last home tie in the FA Cup uh, and to price, you know, 30 quid. And, and it's so hard. We've got three games in six days, Wolves. And um, because Newcastle on the Saturday. So you got, you know, it's it, that's the only my concern that it's not going to be a full crowd and maybe because we're playing Sheffield United on a Sunday, Newcastle on a Saturday, that one or two players may be rested. And, and like um, Richard has said, we ain't really got a huge amount of players to rest a huge amount of players. So um, I would still go for Brighton win if, if, if it meant we only drew against Sheffield United just to get into the quarterfinal, because that's one step away from... Getting back to Wembley, and that you know, we need to lay that ghost.
4: <laughs> I was gonna say, I guess more importantly, and um, I guess it's a follow we, we could go 13 games down this is actually arguably the more important fixture for Wolves is that Newcastle game. Because if we're still in kind of touching distance of them, you know, this time next week, like if, if we're still what two points behind them, you know, I if we both get
1: we could go above Newcastle this weekend,
4: yeah. You know, there's a there's a real big opportunity, isn't there? You know that odds on they lose to they lose to Arsenal, or you know, if for example, even if you know if they get a draw against Arsenal, we beat Sheffield United, we're level on points, but with you know goal difference, you, that it, I guess on Monday morning, or you know, we get it's going to be a real dilemma in terms of whether we push for a cut-up um, you know, especially if it goes into added time and stuff like that, or you focus on actually, you know, what let's see if we can let's say claw back one of those teams um, around us in the table.
1: Um, thanks to everyone who's commenting tonight. She's commented a few times, I've got to bring her in because she's one of the most sensible Newcastle fans that I've come across. She's uh, commented, um, yeah. and she did mention earlier, she did offer me quite a bit of support in that um Twitter poll that was going. <laughs> quite big yesterday. I would try to get wolves back in the percentages. Um Lisa's commenting saying even all two fans popping in from the show, uh showing support for Manny's epic walk to St. James's Park. Much love from the Turn Army. Um Wolves is definitely a bigger club than Sunderland. I'm I'm still adamant on that. people can <laughs> offer dynamics towards Sunderland and bigger but just mm. I'm just not, and I'm, I'm not having it. So thanks, lisa for uh, commenting. Uh, everyone who's watching, please like and subscribe to the channel. Um, if you're commenting from anywhere in the world, we appreciate you joining us. We've got Jerry Gambone in the Philippines at half past four in the morning. Jerry, this, this episode is available for the rest of eternity, as far as I'm concerned. Either get yourself off to work, Sherwood or whatever, or get yourself back to bed because <laughs> this episode will be here as, as long as you need it. Um, Nate you just commenting if we're in Europe, I'm going to have to explain to my wife why our trip to Europe includes a stop over in Warhampton and Riga. I love the preempting guys who are already there.
4: I was gonna say it, it is mapping out which Eastern European country you need to do it on a nate. That's gonna be perfect for you.
1: Latvia's lovely in August, I've heard. I'll go bring, bring Jordan back in because I feel bad that we're talking about Europe. And <laughs> no, no, so, I, doing I, doing we we've talking about Wolves you.
3: and Sheffield United. It's not. It's not a happy <laughs> yeah. topic
1: at the moment. <laughs> yeah, only I can offer you a bit of bit of positivity to Jordan. It looks like Sheffield Wednesday are going down as well.
3: Honestly, like, do you know what though? It's actually got to the point where, as as a city, it's a bit embarrassing. Like, you know, like we are. Like, we've got. <sighs> you Know our fan bases are quite big, like you know, we if we're doing well in the championship, we do get 30,000. Um, and you know, like it's a big, like a big footballing city, it's what we care about. But to see us both doing mm. poor and getting you know, both probably going to go down to League One and Championship respectively, I just feel like I don't know. I feel like as, as clubs, we're letting the city down and we're letting these like the, the fan bases down because we have got big fan bases, um, we have good support, but yeah, I, I don't know what it is recently, but. Yeah, the good thing with in Sheffield is Jordan, the Sheffield you're
1: basically the, the pride of Sheffield now. Kel Brooks retired. <laughs> the <put more> football teams, <laughs> in you're the pride of Sheffield now.
3: I, I don't know. I don't know if I can. Uh, I don't know if there's much pride uh, in me. But yeah, yeah. There's not. There's not much else going on in Sheffield. But it is a shame though because um, I feel like the potential's there, and that's why I think it was frustrating when the owner tried to sell and no one wants to to buy us because it's quite a big city. There's a big fan base there waiting to, to be proud of their football team. And, uh, you know, in Sheffield FC, we had the first ever football club. We kind of class ourselves as, like, the home of football. Like, it's what we're about, football and boxing. Very much a working-class city. And we just... And that's what our style of play trying to represents. You know, Chris Wilder, a boyhood blade. He's much... You know, he's all about the hard work, the, the the grafting and just outworking teams. We might not have much quality or better quality than oppositions, but outworking them. But as previously mentioned on the show we just seem to give up and have that mindset of, oh, we're going to get beat 5-0 today or we're going to get beat 3-0 and 4-0. And it, the same goes for the other the team in Sheffield. Like, it, I think it's just poor mentality and I, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's... It's, it's the ownership,
1: isn't it, Jordan? Like you've mentioned, I think their yeah. ownership is probably worse than yours to a degree.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think their owner responds to fans, doesn't he, on Twitter and Facebook by calling them stupid and idiots and stuff. So, their owner is... Uh, he's all over the place, yeah. Didn't
1: he ask him to, like, foot some form of a bill at one point
3: yeah i think he asked the, the the fans to like fund something yeah i think the players wages didn't get paid for like two three months and i think it, it was something anyway and uh yeah it's yeah the, the clubs are messes and i think the top of the club does actually affect like i said the whole mood and the whole atmosphere in a club which does drip down to the players sometimes and i think that's what you see it for both clubs
1: yep it's a long season. Like you say, it's a shame because I, I've always enjoyed Sheffield when I've gone there. I've got a good record at both Lane and, and Hillsborough for watching Wolves there. Yeah, I've enjoyed some good nights at, um, at the Lead Mill. I've had a few friends who went to Hallon yeah. University. So, yeah, I, I do enjoy Sheffield as a city. Yeah. Um, hopefully, um, things can improve in the future because, like I said, it's a, it's a good city to be around. And Wolverham's the same. It's a footballing city. When Wolves have had a bad weekend, that Monday morning going into work is... Is miserable, so I can only imagine how bad it is in Sheffield at the moment, where there's no driving rights or or any positivity from a football point of view.
3: No, I think seasons like this they do like kind of like suck the life and actually like suck the the enjoyment out of it because hmm. if you do follow your club and it does mean a, a lot to you, like it does for many of us, it. I feel like when you're doing this bad and it's almost like demoralising, you do have to like kind of like take yourself away, like from caring as much because if I, I know that for example, if I was going to watch every. Pre match interview, post match interview. I, I, it would, like it would make my mood suffer. And I think when you when you're getting beat five nil or like you know like every other game, it is it is demoralising. I just think we're happy to be in the prem, but not if we're gonna get smashed like this. I just feel like respectable, respectable points tally and a respectable goal difference. But you know, our goal difference is actually getting embarrassing. Like I actually don't know what the record is for the worst goal difference ever, but. You've got it, mate. Game. At
2: the moment, I think.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just hope that we end after the 25
2: games. I think it is the worst in it at mm. the moment. Yeah. Sorry.
3: Yeah, I just hope that we finish the season without breaking any embarrassing record like that. Yeah.
1: So you're saying mm. with uh, with 13 games to go on already on minus 43, I think maybe like Swindon may have like conceded more than 100 <laughs> goals in one season. Do you know? Do you know
3: what's ironic? I was born in Swindon, and um, that's my hometown. So. <laughs> I, I you know, like I know like is it like rule number one of football is you can't support two clubs, but I mean it's safe to say Swindon Town on my hometown team and obviously I've been a season ticket holder shift night for like twenty odd years. So it's safe to say I've got strong alliances with both clubs and uh yeah, they, they both can be embarrassing at times. So that's yeah. It's maybe yeah. me. I'm the problem.
1: Possibly, Jordan. Might <laughs> maybe we'll yeah, will we come to that um hopefully in a maybe a couple of seasons when we're hopefully you you know, you bounce back to the Premier League. Um, Gary O'Neill had his pre-match press conference earlier on today. Nothing really groundbreaking in regards to news. Obviously, Matthias Cunha will be out again this weekend. He, uh, Gary O'Neill did mention that the medical team have um, been impressed of, of, of where he is in his actual return to getting back to sort of finish. But there's still no time frame on when he will actually return to actually being out on the, on the grass with the rest of the team. You we devastating news this week. Was that Sasa uh, has done his ACL again uh, three times now? I think he's done that. It's it's a very bad situation for a guy of his physical frame. It's sort of similar to to Matt Murray that you know mm-hmm. once those knees are gone and you you're quite a top heavy guy. It's, it's 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 a long way to come back from. But we wish him well in his recovery. Um, it's 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 a shame. You don't really want to see players. Um, be injured but wars I've got a record for starting these types of players. I did it's put, a shame, I did put... um, uh,
2: Dan. Yeah Dan yeah. I was just gonna say like you know somebody asked me um at the game they said oh, boy boy Sasha just not very good in the air he never jumps for the ball I said he never jumps for the ball because he can't land back he can't land that impact on his knees once it, you've done you your knees his, and
1: you've had two seven. ACLs the last year. For a guy who's six foot seven, when he jumps, he's six yeah. foot four. How's that possible?
4: He's not. He's not had to learn how to jump.
1: Well, you think that's the thing. That's it, the it, thing it, it's it's
4: simple. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. No, no. It is actually down to his injuries. If you if you've got if you've got poor knees, what happens is if you jump, you don't want to land back. You're always conscious about jumping too high because the impact on on your knees. Because they'll give way, so you te- you just hold back when you jump, and that's what he he was doing when he came back. He just wasn't jumping for balls because he was protecting his knees.
1: Yeah, lack hmm. of leverage. Um, just coming back to what um, you said a moment ago, Jordan, in regards to maybe you being a jink. Sean Crow was um, asked the question: Can we convince you to become a West Brom fan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I
3: mean, if I was gonna swap clubs, I wouldn't. Uh swap for another club that, you know, probably has more uh, misery than, uh, you know, than, than good times. Um, I would love to be, like, so, you know, obviously you was talking earlier and I was just listening about you debating whether you want to go for, you know, European places or the FA Cup and I'm thinking it's great problems to have. It's like, as, as a Sheffield United fan, as a neutral, I'm just thinking just go for both and appreciate it and, like, you know, like, be blessed that you have that luxury of choosing, you know, an, a, a really good FA Cup run or European places because, yeah, there's there's a lot of measuring. I know Wolves have spent a few seasons in the Championship over the you know like maybe the last 10, 20 years, but you know you're in a great place at the moment. But um, do, do, I was thinking as well: do you not get if you win the FA Cup, do you still not get a European place that way as well?
1: I, I don't think that's the
3: case anymore, yeah, yeah. is it? Is it not, I thought it? it was. I thought I thought as long as you, I thought if you yeah, won the yeah. FA Cup or the, the, the League Cup, if you went in the top seven, that would give you like a before the Europe Conference came in, anyway, I thought it would give you a Europa League place. But okay, he's just not right. I
1: don't like fifth place, could possibly still get Champions League this season. So I don't know if yeah. that's going to have an effect on he, the FA Cup.
4: No. Uh, so according to the good people at Wikipedia, uh, FA Cup winners qualify for the following season's UEFA Europa League. Yeah. Um, this European place applies even if the team is relegated or not in the English yeah, top flight. Awesome. So it's still, uh, I'm surprised that it's not shifted to, um, to the conference. Mm. Europa Conference yeah, yeah. yet? That, uh, I I I'd, I'd see that happening in the near future. Maybe um, they
3: might make the FA Cup, Europa League, and the the League Cup, the, Euro, the Europa Conference. But yeah. But again, like I think weighing in on that topic, as if I was a Wolves fan, I think I would obviously I want them to go for both. But I feel like you know, like there's going to be a good few seasons that you'll have where you've got a chance of. You know, being around mid-table, but I just feel like, you know, getting European football that way, but also, with, like, trying to win the FA Cup, I just think it's far, you know, much rare. Um, yeah. So, I don't know, like, winning that topic, um, I'd probably... I'd go for both, but, yeah, I'd, I'd rather, if I could have to pick between FA Cup run and, you know, maybe getting to the final or trying to get seventh, I'd probably pick the FA Cup. Oh, you
1: know oh what, Jordan, oh. fuck it. We'll win the FA Cup and we'll finish seventh, fuck it. Yeah. Why not? Do you Why you not? Know yeah. But that's Why the thing. not both? Like, Make
4: sure. I mean, like, I, to be fair, John, I'm yeah. the same as you. Um, I think I used to be a bit unsure about it, but like at the end of the day, football's about memories. Mm, exactly. Like, and what are you going to remember? Get into the semi-final, get into the final, winning it. Or, oh, Wolves finished eighth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, even that season, um, the, what, uh, under Nuno in um, eight, 18, 19, we remember that we, got, we lost in the semi final of the FA Cup, arguably before we remember we finished seventh, in my opinion. Yeah. And even the season afterwards, like, you know, we're in the Europa League. I just sound like I'm bragging now, don't I? Um, but we remember beating Espanyol. We remember going out to Seville just that bit more than us finishing seventh again, admittedly yeah. um, because it was under lockdown. And still with V says in the comments, we're just up for the cup. you got to yeah. be.
3: And as well as so with the FA Cup, the semi-finals at Wembley as well. So it's not just the final. Like And and as a Sheffield United fan, I think we've been to Wembley four times and lost every time. Or well, it, it might even be five now because, yeah, we lost against Man City last season in the FA Cup semi-final. But those FA Cup semi-final days, going to Wembley, just a day out of Wembley, is, like you said, it's what it's days that you remember forever. And I feel like that's what football is all about. I feel like you remember that when you grow up, you, you do start to look back at your memories in football. And they're not really like you know, like over the season, you're finished in a certain place. It's always those big games or those big days out. So, yeah.
1: Jordan, let's quickly talk about that. If I could run that, you had that led to uh, Wembley. Tommy Dawes' goal against Blackburn.
3: Yeah. Well, do you know what's weird? So that, again, obviously I'm known for being unmarried at first sight. That game was getting played while I was waiting in the room to wait at the altar uh to to get married. That is, It was that day and I would have been at that game but I couldn't because I was getting married on TV. So <laughs> that's a fun fact. So that, that yeah, that was a good day for me.
1: Worth it. Like you say, it's all about making memories on it. Yeah. Um, and we
3: played we played Man City at Wembley and the apartments that we was living in at Married at First Sight was literally on Wembley Way. So um yeah, I was on at the uh the TV people behind the scenes saying, Look, I need a day off filming to go watch the, the Man City chef United <laughs> game, which I got in the end. But yeah, see, they're the memories you want, right? You just want those... They're the memories you remember.
1: Uh, Knight Hughes commented saying, if the winner of the FA Cup is outside of the top seven, then the 7th place team doesn't make it. Um, yeah, that would be nice. I mean, the, the they, they did pick up a win last weekend, but they did seem to be stuttering a little bit. If Villa could somehow finish seventh and Wolves win the FA Cup, I wouldn't oh, be do, against it, guys. Just inject it, Dan.
4: Just inject that. <laughs>
1: To have a quick look okay. at the the likely lineups from uh, for the game on Sunday, we've gone for uh, a, a, pretty much the same team that um, started the game away to Tottenham. A front three of Wang, Neto, and Sarabia. midfield two, absolute special midfield dynamic duo, Lamina and Jao Gomez, and wing backs eight, Nori Samido, with back three of Totti, Dawson, and Max Kilman. Looking at your lineup that we did um, off air, Jordan, it's a bit haphazard. We we tried to. Um, come up with some options but we've had to settle on a midfield three of Haimer, McBurney, uh, sorry, Haimer, Souza, McAtee and uh, McBurney behind Cameron Archer. Yeah, yeah. What what players are giving you confidence on the back of a 4-0 defeat, Jordan?
3: Um, Obviously, we discussed about um, the looting game and the the Cameron Archer goal at Luton kind of like just shows a bit of the quality he's got. I think, you know, like you provide him service or give him the ball enough. He he has got that moment in him where he can produce a goal by himself. Um, McBurney, like again, he, he kind of represents like, like I was saying, like the Sheffield fan base, like hardworking, puts himself around. Um, so I, I don't mind the actual, the, the, the striking partnership. um, I think it's just defensively. I just think that any time a team uh, attacks us, they they look like scoring, um, and I think a big part of that is John Egan, who has been literally the rock, the heart of our defence for the last few years. He's not been playing many games, uh, obviously like through injury and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's just defensively that's our worry, and and I feel like that's where Wolves' front three, uh, you know, at Molyneux can can expose us.
1: Manny, there has been a bit of a conundrum with Wolves for a, a long few yeah. years now about not being able to break teams with the low block. How can yeah. we make that I think, a, you a know what? outcome on the weekend?
2: Yeah, so the key for me is Ait Nuri. You know, he's literally, on that match, he's got to play like a left winger. Yeah. And uh, that will move Neto, you know, more centrally to roam everywhere or give Huang license to move. And then you just have Totty, you know, moving over a little bit. So there'll be this fluid sort of system that encourages Aitnuri to just hug the, hug the way because this is the, uh, Sheffield United's week. They can see goals. They can see a lot of goals. So we've got to, that's what we've got to go for. We can't just sit um, the way we sat at someone like Spurs, they're a, they're a really good side. They keep the ball, you know, and, and we, we, brought them to us and then we hit them she's like aren't going to do that in particular so we've got to um use our players and eight is that player i think he's i think he's the key if we can you know having netto is amazing i mean we're just like bewildered by what he's doing but 8 nuri noori's got like qualities to do the same on the other side and you've got two guys attacking and i think that's the key if we can get him forward get him and to get Totti moved over a little bit, it almost makes it a bit of a fall.
1: I did see earlier on today on Twitter that Wolves are apparently going to de- demand in a in the region of eighty paying for Pedro Neto this summer. Rich, it's all paper talk. What what do you think is going to be the sort of fee that he does go in the summer for?
4: Probably sixty to seventy. I'd be realistic. Um, I, I, if we could get 84, amazing I don't, maybe Arsenal would spend that amount on him, I don't quite know maybe a Liverpool potentially but obviously it's difficult with Liverpool because they're getting a new manager in Um, I mean, it, it feels like there's an air of inevitability that Neto will go in the summer, which is a shame, but it, it's how the model needs to work for <sighs> We bought him in cheap. We've developed him. We've kind of guided him through the process to be one of the top-end players in the league and make that impact. Um, And we need cash It We'll have to cash in on him. We kind of got lucky with Ruben Neves in terms of that sale. We we missed the boat in terms of actually trying to make a profit on him. It was only through, you know... uh, it's the Saudi league hitting off that we, we managed to make a big coup, coup on him. Um, but as we kind of said, like no player is irreplaceable. Um, I think it would be devastating if we somehow lost like Neto and Kuna in the same window that, that that's the real worry. Um, and we've kind of got a hope in that time. If we, if and when we do lose Neto in some of that, you know, whether it's someone like chiquinho can step up or, we bring someone else in who can play a similar role in terms of just being able to drive us up the pitch. Cause that's arguably one of Neto's biggest qualities. It's his ability to kind of shift us from one end to the other. Um So yeah, if we could get 60 plus add ons for him, I, I, I I'd be more than happy. I mean, it's all, it's all bonkers money, isn't it anyway? And um, I mean, it, in terms of what fee was about 8 million for him anyway. So we're doing well out of it. He's also a player who is susceptible for injuries as well. And I think that's my only kind of thinking in terms of why I think it will be a little bit less than 80 for me, that you are only like a bad turn away from having him out for a serious amount of time. And I think that will put off certain clubs from going really high in on him. Um, you know, That's okay. just, you know, that would be my kind of two cents on it. But, uh, you know, let's enjoy it while we can because I think even against teams where they do sit a bit deeper, he's got the drive to beat players. He's got the drive to kind of open up teams. And, you know, if it means he's out on the left um, on Sunday and he's kind of opening up the pitch a bit more, then he can do that. If you want him on the right and cutting in, make maybe makes the pitch a bit more narrow he can do that for us as well. So it's just going to be about balls, a starting the game off right because if you're playing a team who are a bit wobbly, we need just hit them hard and hit them early and make sure that they don't get a chance to settle. Um, and if that doesn't work, just stay patient and really kind of keep working. There's some hardworking players in that midfield um, and just making sure that, you know, we don't, lose our heads if it's still nil-nil at half-time.
1: We just had a comment in, Manny, from Martin W that says, our club lacks ambition. What's your thoughts on that?
2: You know what? You look at all clubs now, FFP, Newcastle. You could say Newcastle are the most ambitious club when their owners came in. And now they're thinking, oh, we need to sell players because of this profit and loss thing. I think, you know... Man City and Chelsea were the last two clubs that could just throw money and then this you know system came in, which has curtailed clubs really going some. I think personally Chinese ownership of football clubs, if you look at the history of Chinese ownership in football clubs, hasn't really gone to the highest level. They seem to you know get to a level and then they go self-sustaining most clubs are like that and that's the reality so um where can we spend extra money on is stadium improving the facilities you know giving the women you know pro semi-pro contracts that 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 shows sign of ambition for me because they don't they're they're not affected uh, the profit and loss and the the sustainability rules that's why sometimes think oh Have they lost focus or do they really want to put any more money into us and literally just said run yourself as a business but most clubs are in that situation you know um we've seen what's happened with everton and now potentially with forest and 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 newcastle villa you know uh, uh, talking about maybe they need to sell have a big style. They've got a much bigger stadium than us. They've got, you know, so.
1: Yeah, lost a little bit of you there to a degree. Um, Manny, Jordan, looking at your lineup there, I want to talk about one player. Obviously, he was a big sign in the summer. I like the look of him at Coventry City, Gustavo Haimer. Mm.
3: Yeah, he's been, again, he's probably been uh, one of the positives of the season. And I think some of the positives of the season is that a player like uh, Gustavo Haimer will be, such a good player and again it's sad as, as uh, to say it but we're looking forward to like championship next season really and let's face it like just bouncing straight back and I feel like he is a quality player he's shown his, he's shown his quality in the Premier League and I feel like at that level he's gonna be one of the key players to, to bouncing straight back and again it's as bad as it sounds but I think what we need uh, as a club from now to the end of the season is to get a respectable points tally you know maybe like at least 30 points Let's try and not break the, you know, worst ever goal difference at the end of the season. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then obviously get a bit of, like, a, a bit of better atmosphere into the club and then look at next season, uh, bouncing straight back. So, yeah, a player like Starver Hamer, like, has been amazing for us. And, uh, every t- again, every time he's on the ball, I feel like Cameron Archer, he can produce a bit of quality that, you know, that if we're in a tight game, you know, can help us uh, maybe pick up a point or three.
1: Yeah, who 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 do you think's likely to get cherry picked if and when you do go down?
3: I think the one thing I'd say about what the ownership has done now, and I think what we do as a club is that we don't buy players that that get put on a contract that will hurt us financially. So we have to sell, or that are at that mindset where they need to jump in the next, you know, couple of years. I think every player that we've signed was probably a view that we might go back down. We can probably keep him. Um, and bounce bounce back, and I don't think any player will be cherry picked, and and I think that's what kind of happened last last time we went down to the Premier League. Obviously, we spent two years there. Berg was supposed to be coveted by quite a few big clubs, and we actually get hold of him for the two years, which is why it was more frustrating that we sold him and Ilman and Jai when we went up to the Prem. Uh, that's when we sold our two big players. But I think, yeah, I don't think we've signed anyone that we're going to have to sell.
1: I'm not sure what sort of fee he would be commanding, Rich, if if there was a possibility. Wolves have been after a number nine, and obviously Cameron Archer has yeah. done really well for Chavez uh, not this season.
4: I, I, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I think he's the type of player profile. He, he'd fit that Wolves line really well because you could see him playing in that central role. He's got the pace. He likes to stretch teams as well. You can see him kind of interlinking and almost being, you know, our work at the moment is how are we going to do without Kuna in the next few games? And I think Spurs game didn't necessarily quite show how we're going to end up playing without him because of how we had set up against Spurs. I think the real litmus test is going to be how we do against Sheffield United without Kuna and without that real creativity or without that extra level of instinct in the box. And I think someone like Archer brings that. to a team and you know to do what he's done in a relatively poor side says a lot about him um so yeah i'd be interested to sort of see how much you know if he fits that like lovely wolves bracket of like 15 to 20 million type of thing then i i think that's a solid gamble to take for me um you know and especially if we're like you know we're talking about oh well we're selling netto if he goes for 80 million the club will take back 20 of it so that's 60 million that's three 20 million pound players and if one of those was cameron archer i don't think i'd be disappointed in terms of in terms of that for Wolves.
1: yeah we yeah. have got some few but obviously we were also linked to james um McIntyre last summer before we got the tommy deal tommy doyle deal over the line <laughs> um Let's quickly go on with the score predictions for the game on Sunday. I'll come to you first, Jordan, obviously. Minus 43. Beat Walls 2-1 at (laughs) Bramall Lane. um, Bottom of the league. How much is Sheffield United winning on Sunday, Jordan?
3: You know what? I'll probably be... This is enthusiastic for us, but I think away from home, I'm not going to go for a win because I'm not going to be deluded. But I'm going to say 1-1. I'm going to say 1-1. Um, That's my score prediction. Again, I think the one positive we've got as well is the fact that we did beat you at home. So maybe the players can you know, look across the field, see some of those uh, players and, and get a bit of confidence from that as well. So, But let's face it, if, if I had to put money on someone, I'm backing Wolves. But as a Sheffield United fan, I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. So I'm not even going to go for the win, which is quite sad, isn't it, really? But yeah.
1: Man, during that, um, truly forgettable Covid season Wolves ran out 1-0 winners at home to Sheffield United thanks to a William Jose goal oh which my God, yeah. for the game on Sunday
2: <laughs> that's a blast from the past William Jose you know what um, I think if we can cut out our mistakes because Brentford even though they beat us it was our mistakes it was our rubbish play it was our you know terrible defending and if we cut that out I think that's the only way Sheffield United have gone and probably scored against us no disrespect and and, and then we've got too much, so I'm going for a win three-one because we don't keep clean sheets. Unfortunately, It'd be nice if we did keep the odd one. Um, so, but I th- just think we're we're on a high from last week. We've sort of probably got our tails between our legs because of the Brentford game and um, the defenders. You know, Dawson, he knows he had a bit of a, a mare in that game. You know, the, the, the goalkeeper and the first goal, and they don't want to do that again. So. I just got a feeling that Wolves will turn up on Sunday.
1: Rich, your score prediction?
4: Let's go 1-0 Wolves. I think we'll win, but I don't think we'll do it convincingly. I think we'll we'll, we'll struggle our way through it. Um, but I think ultimately that's sort of my, what we need in terms of kind of showing that grit and determination for me. Um, you know, particularly without Kuna. Um, You know, last week, Shao Gomez stepped up to the plate in terms of um, giving us that extra push going forwards. And we need to make sure that if it's not him, that it's Lamina, it's Sarabia, like whoever it is, one of those players needs to give that extra 10%, um, which they're capable of doing. Um, But you say it's a big week ahead um, of Wolves and this would be a really good platform for us to build off if we uh, can get three points one way or another.
1: Massive, massive week. Sheffield United at home, Brighton at home, followed by Newcastle away. Manny, tell the people a bit about your uh, Dementia UK fundraiser next week, that you'll be beginning Wednesday? Tuesday, mate, Tuesday. Tuesday.
2: So, yeah, um, after the Chelsea walk last year, um, October 2022, um, yeah, we decided Newcastle away, which is like bonkers, really. So 195 miles uh, by foot, um starting Tuesday, five o'clock from the Billy Wright statue, and 45 miles every day. So it's about 14 to 15 hours of walking every single day. And they're hopefully getting there for about half one Bobby Robson statue at Newcastle. And a big shout out to Newcastle. Lisa's gone now, but the supporters trust and the supporter liaison officer there got in touch and sorted a lot of stuff out for us, which is um, uh, brilliant, you know, to see clubs coming together. So this is all for, you know, dementia UK that we've been supporting since 2018. I would say 95% of the fundraising comes from the fans of the club. And and that's one thing, you know, football fans are really good at doing and it's, and there's a cause there, they, they rally around and they give and, and they, uh, it's Wolves fans who have like. I'm staying with Wolves fans on night four. I don't even know them, but they've like sorted the accommodation out for us, and 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 we're going into their place. And um, so, yeah, brilliant um, cause dementia is. You speak to football fans, everyone's got a story. You know, one in two people are now now know somebody with that condition, and um, every three minutes somebody gets diagnosed and just need more awareness need more funds so we can we can find a way out of this most cruelest of um illnesses you know and so uh, i can't thank the fans enough for what they do and the donations they give um i think we've raised over seven thousand pounds just this week alone towards it which is like wow you know <laughs> n- never had them like you enough. know yeah so we've w- well passed like 200 and Sixty-seven thousand, i think in in terms of all the charities that we have supported since that since that date and um yeah thank you very much so yeah it's going to be tough it's going to be hard who put hills in bloody yorkshire i don't know <laughs> but, but we'll get over them and um we're missing sheffield but we are going to huddersfield so another club that we like to donate points to um yeah so thank you and please support um find me on my socials you know manny sing kang and um uh, my links are posted on the profiles and um, whatever you can donate and if you can't just pass it on to somebody, I always say pass it on to someone. you know, we're still going to get up, we've still got our beds and our food and our okay health, but other people, their lives can be changed forever just by a little bit of support that we can give. Um, uh, but those all those little bits make a big thing. so thank you very much.
1: The football mean, the football community is great when it's when it does pull together. I mean, I was being called all the names under the sun for calling uh, Diego Costa a flop the other day. But, <laughs> but I have managed to do this sort of uh, fundraising, like you mentioned, over 200 grand now. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic effort. So, yeah, we'll be sharing the link uh, uh, on our socials as well. Can Jordan? I just uh, I want
2: to give a give big shout out to my son? So my son, he said, Dad, I'm doing it with you. And I was like, are you having a laugh? I said, this is not a walk in the park, man. This is like Newcastle. But he was so determined to do it. And he's been training with me. So he's going to be with me, um, uh, which, you know, for a father and son to do something like this is pretty epic, you know. Mm. So you don't spend enough time with your kids. Well, after that 35-day walk, I don't think I want to see him the rest of the year.
4: (laughs) I was going to say, you're not sitting next to him at the game, are you?
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine. (laughs) Man, you did mention it off there. Just remind the people of um, how many steps it is in that away end.
2: Oh, uh, 140 steps at the, um, uh, to climb to the top. So I'll tell you what, what happened was when I finished that Chelsea walk and I I put put a tweet out to say, I've done it. The first comment was, oh, if you walk to Chelsea, if you walk to Newcastle and climb those steps, that would be a challenge. And it stuck with me ever since. And here we are. And someone has actually, at the end, he said, I'm going to give you a fiver for every step. I say you do realise there's 140 steps. So he could, he's committed himself to 600 quid. This guy is. He's a Wolves fan, and um, no, so we're gonna we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna get get up those steps by hook or by crook, crawl up, crawl up them, um, piggyback off somebody. I don't know. We'll we'll get up
1: there. <laughs> That's yeah. Like I mentioned to Manny off there uh, logistically, if we can um, get Manny on live during his walk next week, we'll we'll try and do that. So yeah, thanks for Manny for joining us tonight, Jordan. Uh, thanks again for joining us. I so know things aren't, uh, aren't great as a Sheffield United fan at the moment, but just let people know what you've got going on with your life at the moment.
3: Yeah, so obviously, yeah, not many wins on the uh football front, but like I say, one recently in the boxing ring, uh, like you said at the start of the program, and uh, hoping to fight again soon. Hopefully, it'll be Luke, the a West Ham fan. Uh, no love lost there between uh, the two clubs as well. So hopefully, I'll be doing that. Um, yeah, and just my crazy life is is keeping on being crazy, so we'll see what's next. But yeah, I've enjoyed coming on the podcast, uh, obviously the last time and this time. Hopefully uh, it can be a tradition and we'll beat you on Sunday. Uh, You'll never come on again if you beat us on Sunday, don't worry about that. <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully... Uh, you're going, if you're we... on the
1: way of Huddersfield, you beat us on Sunday.
3: I was going to say, um, if we're going to go down, so hopefully we can bounce back up the season after. Maybe uh, in two years' time, if I'm allowed back on, if we do beat you, uh, I'll be able to speak to you then. But no, it's been uh, good to talk to you guys.
1: What is the latest between you and Luke Jordan? Because Ozzy, for those who aren't aware on the the Married at First Sight show, there was a bit of a, um altercation, if you call it, between the two of you. Luke was calling for the boxing match originally, along with yourself, but he seems to have gone missing in recent months.
3: Well, that's it. He went missing. He didn't turn up on February the 9th when we were supposed to fight. So I turned up and beat someone else up instead. So hopefully, you you know, we'll get brave enough to to turn up if we can fight. But I don't know. I've I've kind of stopped. I can't force a man to be brave enough to fight me. So if he's brave enough to do that, then then you know we'll fight. But I don't know. We'll see. Um. But I think there'll always be talks that me and Luke will fight. And uh, and I think when it does happen, it'll be big. But we'll see if it will. We don't know.
1: Thank you, Jordan, the Sheffield Steel, Gail. Um, we'll hopefully see you in a, in a few seasons' time or if hopefully, yeah. you know, we might play you in the FA Cup next season and then we'll get you on again then.
3: Yeah, we do like an FA Cup run to maybe, yeah.
1: Rich, tell everyone where they can uh, follow the Wolves Fancast and when we'll be next recording our show. Oh, I love this bit of show. So make
4: sure you're following Wolves Fancast on x facebook instagram tiktok and of course youtube we are at Wolves Fancast here there and everywhere for your walls lols and trolls if you've not already done so make sure you like share and subscribe to the youtube channel um as dan has shown throughout the show we've got a great community of listeners on the youtube channel we've got a great community of people who listen to a podcast as well um and yeah um, make sure you're kind of shouting about it as best you can. We've got a few things in the pipe work, which hopefully after the Sheffield United game, and fingers crossed, we'll be bringing you a podcast on Sunday evening as well. So it's in time, you know, you can either finish off your weekend, listeners talk about the game, or it's in time for your uh, Monday morning commute as well. So hopefully I'll have a um, little bit of surprise for some listeners as well on there. It'll be a nice little, uh, nice little treat. Nice little teaser to keep you coming back next time as
1: well. That's it. Thanks everyone who's commented, liked the the show so far, subscribed. As you're aware, we have got a bit of an association with Street Music Promotions and we're playing out um, the Howlers with their latest single Lady Look." Their album comes out in um, I believe it's May 17th. So, like I said, thanks for joining us tonight on the Walls Fancast. Hope you all have a great weekend. Take care of yourself and up the walls.